Welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach Podcast, where we empower you with weight loss, surgery, nutrition knowledge, mindset advice, and inspiration, so you succeed in your weight and health journey. I'm your host, Jane Stoltz, and I am a bariatric dietitian who has helped over 1,300 people on their weight loss surgery journeys. I'm also a solo mum, lover of long walks while listening to podcasts, partial to a glass of wine, and the ocean is my happy place. Join me as I dive deep into bariatric nutrition and lifestyle topics and deliver them to you in bite-sized, palatable episodes every Monday. Now let's go. Hello and welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach podcast. This is episode 15. It is really common to get to a point after having weight loss surgery where people will say to me, I'm really stuck, I'm floundering, I don't know how to move forward, I'm really lost. So people will use all different words to describe this feeling. So can it happen at different stages for different people? Yes, definitely. But I've really observed this feeling and kind of hitting a wall and getting stuck around the two to four months after weight loss surgery. And I'm going to talk to you today about why you can get to that point of feeling really stuck and don't know how to move forward. And then I'm going to talk you through what you can do about it. The topic that we're talking about today, I have titled feeling stuck or floundering after weight loss surgery. This could be why. So why do I believe people get to the point of feeling you know, stuck, I don't know how to move forward, floundering, confused, all of those things. I think there's quite a few reasons. I mean, let's also just be honest. There is so much to learn after having weight loss surgery in the area of nutrition. And often people will think their journey after weight loss surgery is very much around what they eat. And yes, that is part of the new knowledge and the behavior change that is required after weight loss surgery. But also there is a lot of change with respect to how you eat and establishing new you know, healthy habits. So your life can look quite different after weight loss surgery. And with this change, if you have not had great support, great education and great continuing support, it is not surprising to me that you could get stuck, feel really confused about how to keep going and move into a, your new life as a person that's had weight loss surgery. Not only feel confident, clear about what you need to do, but having a skill set, a knowledge, and I call it a toolbox full with strategies to manage what's going to come in the future. What I mean by what's going to come in the future, even when people have a lovely smooth course after their weight loss surgery, follow the guidelines, everything falls into place, everything's going really well, life will always push you off course at some point. So knowing not only what to eat, but how to eat and having these great strategies in your toolbox in the long term is so important. Now that leads me to why do people get to the point of feeling stuck? I see the two to four month mark after surgery being such a common period that people really 
fall in a bit of a you know pothole on their journey on their road after weight loss surgery is most bariatric centers will give out pieces of paper with lists and instructions food lists and instructions and people will follow them to the T and do what they're told to do at different time points through the bariatric dietary stages and often those instructions end from the bariatric center in that two to four month mark and often they come to an end when you are to move into that solid or full diet stage whatever the terms are that your bariatric center outlines i have found talking to many many people over the years that many people believe that a full diet getting back to a full diet or a normal diet or a solid diet after having weight loss surgery means that all foods are back on the menu and that actually isn't the case even when you do move on to a full diet there are certain foods that still aren't going to settle you still need to stay with softer moister foods there's foods that you need to avoid and it can take support and education to be able to move into this solid and full diet stage and be really clear about how to keep introducing new foods into your diet while avoiding the foods that aren't settling well with you or that don't go down well and getting a full and balanced diet, reaching your protein goals with these other restrictions around this stage. And that is one reason I feel that this is such a common time, that two to four months mark after surgery where people really are unclear how to progress. And this is coupled with often bariatric centers will look after and provide follow-up and support to their patients in those early stages to get them through the dietary stages. And once they're on a full, solid, normal diet, they are released and often don't have uh, great support going forward. So those two things together, I feel are, are one part of the reason why this is such a common time where people can get really stuck. Another reason why I feel this period of the two to four month mark after having weight loss surgery is a time when people often do start to struggle is that the honeymoon period or that novelty period of having had surgery, moving through the dietary stages, things are feeling normal, is that old habits, some of the habits I'm talking about coming back of starting to skip meals. So people are going back to, have gone back to work and get busy and life takes over and their old habits of from before surgery have come back so while before surgery they may have skipped meals in those first couple of months after having bariatric surgery paying a lot more attention to their eating regularly life starts to get busy again get back into their normal busy life and they can go back into skipping meals dropping meals and that makes it really challenging to reach their protein goals also the habits of eating quickly not listening to hunger and fullness cues is another big habit that can come back quite early but often the body is there to remind you very quickly to have smaller bites chew well and eat slowly 
but you can eat a bit more, you can eat a bit quickly over time and those habits come back and can lead to overeating. Old habits can start to come back. And let's just also say that when people's old habits start to return, and I'm going to give you examples of eating habits that can start to return after having weight loss surgery, it can be at any time and it is quite individual. But I do find that two to four month mark is where life gets back to normal a bit more and some of those old eating habits start to come back in to the diet, to the lifestyle. And if people haven't had great support, and great education or don't currently have it, they don't have those resources and that support to know how to manage those old habits coming back. Also, another aspect to life getting back to normal is eating out more. And often people leave a period of time after their bariatric surgery, if they can, of not eating out, not traveling. And then people get back to more of a normal life, travel more, eat out more. And there are skills to eating out, being prepared, being confident, knowing what are the best choices to choose from a menu, how to manage eating out and staying on track after weight loss surgery and building confidence to do that. And that is another area people can really struggle with. And I think it's a really important area to feel confident around because that's part of living life and it's part of having a a great life is being able to go out, travel, socialize and being confident to do that after your bariatric surgery. Another area that I think leads people to feel very stuck and feel like they're floundering after their weight loss surgery and possibly, you know, that two to four month period after surgery is that over time, slowly you can eat more after having weight loss surgery. And I do think some people do feel that their portion sizes should stay very, very small for a long, long time. And for many people, that's not the case. And we do expect you to be able to eat more over time. Obviously, your portion sizes are still going to be smaller than they were before surgery, but you don't have to be staying on such tiny, small amounts. And as you can eat more, you need to have that understanding of how to plate your food up, how to eat your food, how to prioritize your protein, but build in some of those other uh, great foods, the whole grains, the fruit and the veg into your diet to balance out your plate and have an enjoyable diet with variety. So they are some reasons why I feel people do struggle or get stuck after having weight loss surgery in that two to four month mark. So if you're listening to this and thinking, yes, Jane, I am struggling and I relate to this, but what am I gonna do about it? What should I do about it? That's what I'm gonna talk to you about now. I am going to go through a few steps that you can take to lead you towards getting some answers, getting some support, and getting clear about moving forward, okay? So step one, I recommend you get pen and paper. And essentially, we're going to do a little bit of journaling and a bit of putting down your struggles pen on paper. So you may want to write about them in long form or you may want to do it in a list straight away. 
and it's really putting pen on paper about where you're struggling. What are you struggling with? And things maybe you don't know what, I'm gonna give you some examples here. Taking what you put down as you're struggling with and turning it into a list. So it might be summarizing some of the points. If you're a person that wanted to journal and do it long form, you can summarize and pull out your key areas that you're struggling and put it into a list. And then we want to rank put one next to the thing we feel like we're struggling with the most or that's impacting us the most. Number two is the second one struggling with or impacted by uh, the second and then third, fourth, fifth. And so we, we actually are ranking what we're struggling with, what you're struggling with to get an idea of what are the most prevalent or what are the things you're struggling with that are having the biggest impact. I'm going to give you some examples here. You may be struggling of knowing what foods to eat. You may have only a few high protein foods that settle well. You don't feel confident in expanding your list of high protein foods, adding in other foods, adding in whole grains, adding in vegetables and fruits to get a more balanced plate. So that might be, you know, what to eat. That might be that area struggling with. You may be struggling with the how to eat. So you may be eating too quickly. You feel like you're overeating. You aren't clear on your hunger and fullness cues. You may be skipping meals and having such a irregular eating schedule. You're finding it really hard to meet your protein goals or even your fluid goals because your schedule's all over the place. You may not feel clear on even how to track your protein. You know, where does my protein come from? How do I track that? Meal planning, you're not confident in that area, you're struggling to have good options on hand. Your days are different with your job or your lifestyle and you don't know how to manage that. You're doing shift work. You don't know how to manage that so you have a good amount of intake even when you are, you know, on shift work. You may find your emotional eating or mindless eating has come back. So writing these things down and being really clear and kind of nutting through this, putting pen on paper is a great first step, putting down what you're struggling with. And we want to have compassion that it's expected that you're going to struggle at some point, that it's expected that some things aren't going to be clear or some things aren't going to be as easy for you than maybe some other things. Everyone has areas that they feel more confident in and other people have areas that they have, you know, feel, feel less confident in. So first thing is identifying where you're struggling pen on paper. And when I'm talking impact, you may be feeling it's the biggest impact on your weight loss. It could be on your energy levels, on how you're feeling about your journey. So we don't want to say it only has to be about the physical kind of result of weight loss. It is very much connected to how you feel and your level of confidence in your journey. So you want to consider all those different aspects when you are giving a ranking to your struggle list. And what can happen at this point if you have quite a few things listed down, you could feel overwhelmed, okay? You could feel, I have got six things that are really big, that I'm really struggling with. How am I going to fix or make them go away really quickly? And the reality is that they won't go away quickly. We need to prioritize and work through them methodically. 
So knowledge is one thing and some of the things that you could be struggling with are solved by knowledge. But the other part of what you could be struggling with, and it's more prevalent that people struggle with this part, it's actually behavior change. So that takes time. It takes learning things, then implementing things, practicing. And behavior change takes time. It's partly knowledge, but more implementation and practice. I like the saying, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. So often when we see there's a lot of things we want to change or a lot of things we want to do or we want to feel confident, it can be overwhelming. So what we're going to do with the list that you have, that you have ranked your struggles, you know, from first, second, third, fourth, fifth, is we're going to focus on the first two areas that you're struggling with because you have put them as one and two being the most impactful, the areas you're struggling with the most, they're having the biggest impact on you at this stage. And the lovely thing about working on only one or two things, one, we're less likely to get overwhelmed, there's more focus, but please know that when you work on even one behavior or one area of struggle after weight loss surgery, when you're working on that one area, there is a wonderful flow through to the other areas that we want to be looking at after weight loss surgery with respect to habit change. So they're not isolated. You'll find that things are all connected. When you eat regularly, means you get to your next meal and you're not so over hungry that you can't eat slowly. So then you're less likely to overeat. Things are connected and all the behavior changes and behaviors that we want you to adopt after having weight loss surgery all work together. So we're going to look at those top two things you've identified as your biggest struggles. And then on the pen and paper, I want you to start brainstorming how you can get support, what you can do to help you with those two areas. Can you read things online? Is there information from your bariatric center? Can you access the dietitian from your bariatric center or another dietitian? Is there support online? So you start brainstorming what knowledge and support, education you need to help you with those top two struggles. Then I would like you to pick one action for each struggle that you are going to take in the next week. You're going to put it in your diary, your calendar, as a reminder, as a prompt on when you are going to do this action. Whether it is reaching out for support, reaching out for information, reading a certain piece of information to help you fill the gap of knowledge or the gap of support that you currently have. So let me recap the steps that you can go through if you're feeling stuck, floundering, feeling confused after your weight loss surgery and we want to clear the fog, so to speak, and get a really clear plan of how to move forward. The first one is to grab pen and paper and in a journaling fashion, write down all the areas you're struggling with. 
Number two is to condense or put those areas you're struggling with into a list on the piece of paper. And next to them, you want to rank them from the area they're struggling with the most, number one, and right down to the last one that you're struggling with. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever it is. Then we want to pick the top two areas that you're struggling with and brainstorm things that you can learn, education or support you need to help you with that struggle. And we only pick two. And then we want to pick one action that we're going to take in the next seven days to support and help you with that each struggle. And we want to put that into our diary, put that onto a list, put that somewhere to remind you to take that action. So if you do this exercise and you find it really useful, it would be great to write these steps down in a notebook, in a journal, the next time you feel stuck. Because when we feel stuck, it can be very overwhelming and often it can be quite confusing on what step we need to take to move ourselves forward into a more positive space. And the steps that I've just taken you through, it's a really nice, simple way of getting it all out on paper, getting clearly, putting things into a list and then deciding what you're going to focus on. And if we focus on too many things, it can still stay overwhelming. That's why we pull it down to two. And if you want to or need to, you just focus on one thing. And there is no shame or there is no disadvantage. Thank you so much listening to this podcast. I'd love you to give me a review. I love getting reviews. It is really also very helpful for other people when they're looking at my podcast to decide if they are going to listen to the podcast. Reviews really help people decide whether or not to to listen to a podcast. So I'd really appreciate that. So thank you so much. And I really look forward to being back in your ears next week. Bye.